Chapter Eight of Plow Stories by Claire D. Pearson. The Sleepervox recording is in the public domain. The Laird's Fight: A Prairie Fire. Hugh Laird, a tall youth of eighteen, sat near the kitchen table on which the lighted tallow candle stood, cleaning his father's gun. As he worked, he talked through the open door with the rest of the family who sat around the kerosene lamp in the living room it was a scene of quiet happiness and the family looked comfortable and well mary was a sweet-faced girl of fifteen now studying the lessons which she would recite the next day in the little schoolhouse a mile away on the prairie mrs laird was sewing and mr laird was looking over a catalogue of farm tools at last he laid down the catalogue with a laugh guess i might as well think about something else for a while he said for i can't buy another implement until house and barn are paid for but there is a gang-plough just invented that will be a great thing for us think of what it does it ploughs several furrows at once and they even say that by using a traction engine several gang-ploughs can be drawn across the field side by side think about what you will have to eat to-morrow father called hugh it makes a fellow wish that he could have a dozen stomachs in the fall when he thinks of all the game there is to be had humph said mary raising her eyes from her problems it makes a girl think that she would need two dozen hands to prepare all that game for eating mrs laird laid down the apron that she was making and walked to the window for a look across the prairie the moon is almost full she said it is pleasant to glance about and think of the changes which the last three years have brought it was true that the laird farm looked quite different from what it did in eighteen seventy when the family and the stock had only sawed buildings for shelter now they had a five-room frame house with good stoves and real bedsteads even though the floors and walls were still bare and there was little furniture besides what they were obliged to have a fair-sized barn stood near by with a tool-shed built against it mr laird was too wise and careful a man to spend his money for good implements and then leave them out in the sunshine and rain to rust and ruin there were also neat buildings for hogs and chickens and mrs laird thought with satisfaction of the fat swine and plump poultry now asleep inside of them it looks like a michigan farmyard she said i know something that does not look like michigan remarked mary oh what is that asked her father the woodpile answered mary good reason why hugh called out from the kitchen there isn't any after they had laughed a bit over the way in which hugh had said this mr laird sighed and remarked if for the next fortnight i could do anything in the whole world that i might choose i'd chop and haul wood for winter fuel i miss the michigan forests i'd like some of the trees that they fell and burn in clearing their fields a man never knows the worth of trees until he has to live without them we have some cottonwoods along the creek said mrs laird they shade the house in summer and make a windbreak in the winter yes and they shelter the stock from the hot summer sun added mr laird they are too precious to cut for fuel 
never mind said mrs laird we cannot have everything at once if we had been forced to clear away the forest before planting our crops we could never have done what we have bought our stock and put up our buildings in three years after a while we will send east for some young trees and plant them around the house do you remember what we burned that first winter asked mary all we had was cornstalks and rosenweed for every day with pieces of dead cottonwood that we picked up and saved for extra times like sunday afternoons and holidays i used to think that being really warm all over at once was the best part of sunday said hugh father wouldn't let us use the wood until mother could sit down and enjoy it with us while she was working around we had to burn stalks and weeds hugh stood in the doorway the gun is cleaned he said and i am off to bed i may be gone before you are up i'll get me a bite from the pantry before i start keep your eyes open for fires my son warned his father they will begin soon when the hunters from the east come out here for game have the day's fun that i promised you when the crops were in and then we must protect our place from the fires that are sure to come hugh promised to do so and then he went upstairs the next day he was off hunting prairie chicken and all sorts of small game while mary was in school and his parents were busy around the home at four o'clock mr laird came into the house rachel he called the fires have started oh stephen she said what can we do plough and backfire he answered grimly you will have to help then he went off to the barn for a team the early settlers on western prairies knew what to expect each fall eastern hunters set fires to start the game and then the fires swept over the level land leaving only fine black cinders where the dry brown prairie grass had been the fires travelled fast and settlers often lost their buildings and stock unless they had prepared strips of bare or burnt over land which the flames could not cross mrs laird knew what must be done and went quickly to work she had hardly exchanged her dress for an old suit of her husband's when mary came flying through the door isn't it dreadful she cried i saw the smoke cloud as soon as i left school and i've come just as fast as i could put on some of hugh's old clothes said her mother we must help father i wish that hugh were here it was like rachel laird always to waste no time on talk when there was work to be done she made a pot full of coffee using real coffee which they bought at the store instead of the usual browned rye and she made a great stack of bread and meat sandwiches which she packed into a large tin pail together with tin cups for the coffee by this time mary had come downstairs looking very much like a younger brother of hugh's close all the windows and doors tight before the smoke grows stronger said mrs laird and help me take the washing from the line and bring it inside this is hardly done when hugh came in laden with game and quite out of breath i was so near home when i saw the smoke cloud rolling up he cried that i thought i could hurry and carry my game too mother i ought not to have gone until we were ready for the fires i'll never forgive myself if our buildings burn he almost broke down as he said this for he had worked hard with his father for three summers and he knew what the loss would mean to them all 
do not stop to think of that now said his mother father was willing that you should go and you had earned the right another year we can plan more wisely but the fires have never before started so early hugh arose from his chair with a look of courage he drank a cup of coffee put some sandwiches into his pocket and ran outside i'll fetch up the cattle he called back hugh had seen enough fall fires to know that when they came near the cattle become crazed with fright until they run wildly ahead of the flames exhaust themselves and are burned to death the hogs were in their pen so mary and her mother went at once for the hens calling loudly chick 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 and scattering corn for them from a pan it was then so near the end of the late fall afternoon that most of them were already gathering about the farmyard and it did not take long to get them safely locked up where they would have to stay in spite of smoke and fright when this was done mrs laird sent mary with coffee and sandwiches to her father while she went to the barn and began harnessing the second work team she thought that she would have them ready for hugh to use when the cattle were housed the wind was blowing from the west and the fire was coming from that quarter so that was the side to be protected first this could be done by burning the grass or stubble in the path of the flames so that they would find nothing to feed upon this is called back firing and back fires although started for protection against the greater ones sometimes became dangerous themselves it was necessary to keep them under careful control and from sweeping too far by ploughing so that there would be a strip of bare ground that the smaller fires could not cross the ploughing was too heavy work for women and girls but if they were protected by snug woolen garments they could tend and control the back fire mrs laird had the team already harnessed when hugh brought up the cattle he had not had to go far for they had been standing by the creek chewing their cud after a day in the meadow beyond it now he herded them into the barn and took the team from his mother i suppose father has the stubble plough he said as he turned his horse towards the tool shed that would work better in the cornfields but i'll hitch to the prairie plough and do all that i can mr laird was turning furrows north of the house and hugh began turning the soil east of it to keep the back fire from the stubble fields the creek which ran along the south side would stop the flames there the smoke was growing thicker and birds flew about uttering strange cries while queer sounds came from the hens in the poultry house in the barn the cows were stirring uneasily mary clung close to her mother and began to cry tears stood in rachel laird's eyes also but she dashed them aside and reproved both her daughter and herself like the brave pioneer woman that she was we ought to be ashamed of ourselves she said there will be time enough for tears when we have lost our home if we lose it but i think that there is more to be done right now we will fetch water from the creek to fill all our tubs and pails and then we will get all the grain sacks we can and soak them before we begin backfiring if we have more time we will milk the cows and carry water to the men they did this putting tubfuls of water near the different buildings and laying the wet bags beside them 
and then bringing foaming pails of milk to the kitchen near the kitchen door but inside it mrs laird lay their four woollen blankets and some clothing this last she crammed into the same bags which had held it and served as pillows when they drove west in a prairie schooner three years before their money she put into her pocket and pinned the opening of it together mary saw and understood these preparations it is a good thing to live near a creek she said yes replied mrs laird your father and i thought of that long ago if we cannot make ourselves safe by backfiring we will wrap ourselves with our bags of clothing in wet blankets and we will stay in the creek until the fire passes us and then asked mary then said mrs laird we will be thankful that we have each other left and we will build another sod house and begin all over again just then hugh rushed up to them father sent me to help you backfire he shouted we have ploughed a strip four furrows wide to stop the backfire and we'll plough more to protect the stubble field if we have time after we have burnt around the buildings carefully they lighted the dry grass to windward and while the flames were starting each tied a wet towel over his nose and mouth in order that they might not breathe in too much smoke then they took wet sacks in their hands and stood ready to beat out any flames that seemed likely to set their buildings afire the sun was setting and smoke darkened the sky their eyes were red from the smarting it caused and their hands were blackened by their work little flickering flames ran here and there until the west wind fanned them into bigger ones and when they blazed too high and sent up too many sparks someone beat them down quickly with a wet sack swiftly the flames crept to the buildings stopped at the stone foundations and died down first they burnt out around the new barn and tool shed for that was the way mrs laird said that it should be and the fires had been lighted nearest to that next they burned out around the house and around the hog house and the poultry house then around the cottonwoods and passed on to the ploughed strip beyond which they were not strong enough to pass are we safe now asked mary whose face like the faces of her mother and brother was colored a deep brown by smoke perhaps said her mother hugh return to your father and your horses mary and i will start more fires farther back so hugh returned to his ploughing for they hoped to save the stubble which stood in their fields if it could be saved to turn under before planting their spring crops it would rot there and turn into humus in the soil you know the smoke clouds grew thicker and thicker and the sky redder and redder soon frightened jack-rabbits came leaping away from the fires behind them while prairie chickens quails partridges and all sorts of little wild creatures flew or scurried by once a pair of coyotes loped along paying no attention to the queer-looking people whom they passed come mary cried mrs laird when they had lighted the last backfire we will run ahead of the fire to our burned-over dooryard once mary tripped on an exhausted jack-rabbit and would have gone down if her mother had not caught her but they got safely to their home just as mr laird and hugh stumbled in from the barn where they had shut in their frightened horses now nearly crazed by the strong smell of smoke 
do you think it will pass us by stephen asked mrs laird yes unless the cottonwoods near the house get afire he said if they do we must run down the treeless part of the bank and lie in the creek on swept the fire and they watched it from the west windows of their home the smoke clouds were heavier and heavier more and more game hurried past or huddled on the ground near the buildings which had so recently been backfired a low wall of flame showed to the west blazed higher then lower then died out mr laird went outside to watch lest some spark be blown on to the barn he watched the house the cottonwoods did not catch fire the smoke clouds thinned and at last the great silvery moon could shine down upon the earth their buildings and their stock were safe all were so tired that they dared not try to talk much about the danger just past instead as usually happens in such cases they began to talk of something else hugh true boy that he was felt hungry and his tired red-rimmed eyes twinkled a bit as he said mother isn't it about time that you started supper mr laird said bread and milk rachel nothing but bread and milk to-night if the boy wants roasted prairie chicken i think he can find some outside mrs laird and mary set out a loaf of bread four bowls and a great pitcher of milk while the rest washed in some of the water from the last tubful and ran their fingers through their hair hugh said mr laird we must get our shares sharpened to-morrow ready for fall ploughing i noticed to-night that the stubble plough needs it and i'm sure that the old prairie plough does it's a good thing that we saved our corn stubble to turn under you can use the pointed stubble plough with the light team for that and i will use the old prairie plough with the heavy horses to get more new land ready for planting it's fine to have the right sort of tool for each purpose and some day when our land is older if we have good harvests we will have one of those new gang ploughs that have just been invented and sit down while we drive don't you dare to let the old prairie plough go said mrs laird that gave us our first house here and it helped to save the second all right replied mr laird keep it or sell it just as you choose it all goes to prove what i have always said a plough is the most valuable invention in the world End of chapter eight